Hey, Illinois fans, welcome to the Orange and Blue News uh, podcast. I'm Doug Bouchon, publisher of Orange and Blue News on the Rivals.com network. And I'm pleased to be joined by Clint Cosgrove, a national recruiting analyst for Rivals.com. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, uh, Clint, uh, week zero in Illinois is one of the very few Power Five teams that are active this week. You know, they have Wyoming and uh, Craig Bull coming to town on Saturday and kind of a, mu- a must win for them. So, I was interested to get from you kind of an outsider's perspective of Brett Bielema and the Illinois program, you know, heading into this season. Yeah. So, um, you know, Illinois is uh, it's a rebuild right now. And we all know that we've talked about it. Uh, It's been a rebuild recruiting wise, you know, developing the relationships. It's been a rebuild as far as building the roster as a whole. Uh, You know, Coach Bielema and the staff have decided they don't want to go big in the transfer portal. They're not looking for the quick fix. So, and I think that's, I mean, it's something I really respect and something you don't see uh, a lot nowadays. And I also think it's something that shows that the, he's going to get a runway. He's going to get a runway to build the program and try to build a sustainable program over time and not just do the quick fix and, and get it rolling. And when I talked with him during our uh, late signing day show last year, we kind of discussed that, you know, a big reason being is he's establishing a culture from within. Uh, you know, Illinois guys, guys who originated in Illinois, he said, if, if they can be, help the program, they're always welcome back. Uh, but a big reason that they've stayed away from it is you get some of these transfers come in and, uh, you know, they're playing and they're doing well, but they're not doing things the Illinois way or, or within the culture that, that Coach Bielema has established. And uh, it doesn't set a great example for the younger guys when they see some of these outsiders come in, play right away, not doing things the right way. And so he has tried to stay away from that. And I respect it. And uh He's not taking the easy way out. So I think he's here for the long haul. I believe in his, I believe in his vision. I think he's kind of building it like uh, Barry Alvarez did back in the day at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they went one and 10, uh, five and six, five and six. And nowadays, if you go one and 10, five and six and five and six in your first three years, there's a good chance that you're not going to make it a fourth. And uh, then, you know, sure enough, Wisconsin goes 10, one and one goes to the Rose Bowl. And I think he's trying to build and establish uh, a culture, uh, a winning mindset like that. And he's not going to take any shortcuts. So uh, there might be some bumps and bruises in the meantime. But I think as far as the long term goes, um, you know, uh, this is the way that Illinois does the direction they need to go in, in my opinion. Um, You can be a flash in the pan, uh, but that's not sustainable. And uh, they're going to give him time to build it. And I think I think you're going to see improvements this year. I mean, they overachieved, in my opinion, last year at five and seven. Um, one of the things that you really saw coach Bielema do that few coaches do is he wasn't set in stone as far as we're going to run this offense, whether we have the personnel to do it or not. You saw him line up in all these jumbo sets later in the year. They said, we're going to shorten the game. We're not going to turn the ball over. And, uh, you know, we're going to at least be in it in the end and give us ourselves a chance. Now you saw some games where they got blown out and they weren't in it. And it was hard for them to catch up if they did get behind because they couldn't really throw the ball. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that's going to be a major improvement this year with, uh, uh, was it DeVito, the transfer? And, uh, you know, he, he had some success at Syracuse. Now, uh, I believe he got benched last year, uh, maybe midway through the season. But the year before, he had a pretty productive year. I believe he threw for, you know, mid-2000s. Uh, I think he was like 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, something in that range. So he can protect the ball. Uh, he can throw the ball uh, a lot. He's, he's, he's a bit mobile as well. And so I think right off the bat at your most important position, you're, you're going to see a level of improvement. Now he's got to stay healthy because I don't really know what's, what's behind him at the position. Um, 
And then uh, you just look at the ability to adapt. Uh is going to go into each game and he is going to look what game plan gives our opportunity the best chance to win. It's not about scoring all the points or, or trying to hold people to a certain amount of points. It's how do we win and how do we win with the players that we have? So I think that's something to look forward to. Like I said, they had overachieved last year, five and seven with that roster. Uh, and with the injuries they had to me is, is pretty impressive. They found a way to win some close games and, uh, you know, they had some, some games where they got blow out, blew out. And, uh, when you're at a talent deficit and in a rebuild, that is going to happen. The thing that you can't let that happen from that is, uh, you get blown out one week and let it carry into the next week. And, uh, I know he'll do a good job of preparing the team with that. Um, so I expect a much improved team. I don't, I'm not saying that they're going to win eight to 10 games. If they do, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and that would be extremely (laughs) overachieving season in my, in my opinion. Uh, but I do believe that they're going to have an opportunity to win the games that they should. And like you said, starting off right off the bat versus Iowa, you hate to say it's a a must win because really it doesn't count towards the big 10 standings and they're not going for a national championship or a playoff spot, most likely, unless something crazy happens. but, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, start off on the right foot, get some confidence as you go into your, you know, your Big Ten season week two. Yeah, you know, you play, you hit on, on something that I think might be the most impressive thing to me about Brett Bielema so far is that he's he's not married to being Wisconsin from the early 2000s or, you know, the Barry Alvarez system where you're going to load up the front with a bunch of hogs and run and run the ball 40 times. And that was evident when, you know, he had a really short leash for the offensive coordinator, Tony Peterson, who's now coaching at Illinois State just down the down the road, brought in a new offensive coordinator from UTSA, uh, Barry Lunny Jr., who he knew before and coached with before. And uh, it sounds like, you know, we don't get we don't get to see a lot of the practice, but it sounds like they're going to try to spread teams out a little bit more horizontally. Uh, they, they brought in the quarterback, Tommy DeVito, who's a little bit more mobile and can get out of the pocket and make plays. Um, so how, how do you think that that fits in the Big Ten West? I know Nebraska has had some issues running the spread. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a system thing or just the talent, but the, do you feel like the, a Barry Lunny Jr. offense like he ran at UTSA is going to be a good fit for the, for the Big Ten West? Yeah, I really think it can be. And uh, to me, you know, as a defensive coach, uh, just my background as a defensive coach, um, when you have to count for the extra runner as far as the quarterback goes, I mean, uh, you have to, you have, schematically, you have to do things uh, because you're a hat for a hat instead of, uh, you know, being up a guy when the quarterback's not a running threat. So I think having that along with the quarterback who, who has some mobility, um, is a big thing. It just, uh, schematically makes things tougher for a defense. Uh, and then also, you know, just, uh, you know, spreading out as far as Midwest personnel and stuff goes like that. And that's what they're going to major in for the most part when they're recruiting. Uh, there's not as much skill to, to cover these spread offenses. A lot of those guys are going to the Ohio States of the world or, or leaving the Midwest altogether and going to some of the big time programs. So, um, I think you can present, uh, you know, some difficulties for defenses by doing that. The thing that I like about his offense is this isn't a spread it out and throw it every down offense. Now, if they need to, they can, they have that ability to. So you're not necessarily out of the game when you get down two touchdowns, like they might've been last year. Um, So you, you have that ability to throw the ball around to uh, you know, to, to score points quickly if you need to. But the thing that I really like about it is it is a spread to run the ball as well. 
So uh, I think schematically you give, uh, as far as recruiting goes, you give incentive for, rec- uh, you know, receiver, top receiver talent to come because they are going to have opportunity to catch a lot of balls. I think we'll see that with Isaiah Williams this year. He's probably going to get a lot of balls. They're going to find a way to get the ball in his hand. Uh, I think you'll see it anywhere from jet sweeps to, you know, wide receiver screens to, you know, empty sets. I mean, they're going to find ways to get uh, their playmakers the ball. The other thing that I like about it is, uh, and I think I was starting to touch on that before I went to Isaiah, is um, this isn't, uh, you know, it's not a pass-first offense necessarily. Uh, it gives you the uh, ability to have a multifaceted approach. Uh, you can run the ball very well out of the spread offense if you make it a priority. Uh, you know, you spread out their personnel and widen them out and then try to shove it down their face. You know, different RPO schemes, uh, zone read, uh, stuff that makes the defense think, play fundamental, fundamentally sound football. And uh, there's some predicaments when you're calling plays on defense when you have it like that. The other thing that I like about it is, and this is as a defensive coach that you hate, and it was nice as a defensive coach, okay, if you're going against the spread and you don't have the personnel to do it, yeah, that can suck, but there's things that you can do to scheme against it and hopefully limit or, uh, you know, keep them on the field long enough where they turn the ball over. What happens with a lot of spread teams is they get in the red zone or the, you know, the tight zone, the goal line situations, and they can't line up under center and pound the ball. Illinois is going to be able to do that if they need to. And to be able to have, you know, that versatility and flexibility in your offense presents a lot of issues and a lot of things that you have to practice against throughout the week. And the other thing that we know from Coach Bielema that we saw last year is he is going to play to his personnel. This isn't, uh, we're running this offense in these plays, even though we don't have the guys to do it because this is our offense. He's going to find ways to win games and they're going to do what they need to do uh, week to week, I think, to make that happen. He's going to put them in as good a situation as he can to win games and not lose them on the offense. Do they have a ton of high-level talent? Not necessarily, but I know they're going to be a hard-nosed team. They're going to play a physical brand of football. And like I said, they're going to have the ability to uh, to score and, and get first downs in a multitude of ways. And uh, I do like the hire. You know, you hit on a couple of things. You hit the nail on the head on a couple of things, and that is spread it, spreading out to, to run the ball. And uh, they can also go to the gap plays, too, with, with, with Josh McCray, just to put a face on, on these two types of plays. You have Chase Brown, who can make the first guy miss. He can make guys miss in space. You, you, you know, you run him on the stretch plays. You run him on the outside zone plays. And then when, when you get in the red zone, where Illinois really struggled last year, you still have a, some size up front. You still have Josh McCray, the pa- power back who runs those gap plays on the inside, the quick traps and the power plays where you can punch it into the end zone. And that's where they were. I think they were really missing last year that their uh, red, zone, red zone touchdown percentage was uh, one of the worst in the conference. So they got to finish off those drives. But I'm, I am really excited um, to, to see what Chase Brown can do when, when they do spread teams out and he's got some space to operate and and Isaiah Williams I mean you can't forget about Isaiah Williams um yep. it seems like the kid has been here forever and the fans have been waiting for Isaiah to to explode and I, hopefully with Barry Lenny, Lenny's offense they found a system where he can really thrive because there's, there's not many guys like him in the Big 10 who who are so elusive who can who can really make guys miss 
and then turn and then he's got the extra gear for the big explosive plays he's a he is a small kid and you don't want him taking a lot of direct hits but but man that kid I, I don't know. You probably remember seeing him in high school. He was in St. Louis. Yes. Not, yeah, I've been. You, can't, I've you just can't catch him. Freshman in high school. You know, yeah. you can't catch he's him. He's been that way ever since he was in junior football as a little kid. You know, you, he's so elusive. And Illinois just they haven't found a way to take advantage of that. But you know, going back to when Isaiah first got here under the Lovey Smith, uh, you know, they had him on the sideline as a backup quarterback, holding a clipboard, and somebody needed to go to that kid and to his parents or his coaches or whatever and say, look, you want to get, we need to get you on the field now. And and this is how we're going to do it. You're going to have to play in the slot. Uh, and, uh, uh, but they didn't do that. They left him a quarterback. And, and um, finally, when coach Bielema got here, they had that talk. They, br- they brought him in and actually Isaiah initiated it and went to coach Bielema and, and told him, Hey, I, this new offense doesn't fit me as a quarterback if I want to play pro ball, I'm going to have to play slot receiver. And hopefully this is the year where we really see the Isaiah Williams explode. Uh, hey, Clinton, look, looking at the preseason magazines, Athlon and all those, all the preseason prognosticators are looking at Wisconsin as the favorite in the Big Ten West. And I know you're intimately familiar with Wisconsin. Uh, what's your feeling on that? What do they got coming back? And, and what makes these um, – preseason magazines and analysts all believe that they're the cream of the crop in the big 10 West. Well, I mean, just, just looking historically uh, how they've performed over the years, it's been one of the most consistent teams in the league. And obviously uh, the defense has been one of the tops in the nation. Now they lost a lot of players off of that defensive unit last year. Uh, You know, Jack Sanborn's already tearing it up for the bears. Um, I don't know the corners names that they lost, but they lost most of their secondary. But what they did is they went and hit the transfer portal and they brought in guys who are as good or not better than Sanborn, but in the secondary as good or better. Um, they got an all pack 12 corner. I don't know his name who came in and uh, supposedly he's been very good. Uh, they, uh, they got a, a transfer from uh, Toledo who was an outstanding player there. That's going to play in the secondary. And I think they got one other guy as well. Um, so uh, they did lose some talent, but they they reloaded and they used the transfer portal to do it. Um, you know, uh, and then you look at the running back. I mean, uh, if, they, if they play good defense, which we know they're going to do unless something crazy happens, you know, Jim Leonard's a heck of a defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, they're not throwing the ball 100 times where Wisconsin's D is always on the field. And, um, you know, if they get in one of those games, like really the only team in the Big Ten that I think could really do that outside of maybe Purdue is Ohio State. It's just going to out out athlete them, spread them all over the field, and and maybe expose them a- athletically. Um, you know they're going to play to win. They're going to run the ball. They're, it's going to be a time possession game. They're going to you know sec- try to secure the ball and, and force turnovers. And those are all very important things. Now on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, you have Braylon Edwards coming back, one of the best best backs in the uh, the country. Uh, big back, hard to tackle, um, and they're going to have that big offensive line. I mean, they wear people down, but. The, the big question is is going to be, uh, I think, really the pass blocking, the development of the offensive line, and then the quarterback, Graham Mertz. Um, they brought in some receivers. They, they also got uh, Keontes Lewis from East St. Louis, uh, transferred in from UCLA. So they got a big body receiver in him. The new offensive coordinator, going blank on his name at Wisconsin, but his son was a defensive back last year. They switched him to offense. He's going to be a contributor. They brought in a good freshman class as well that might have some guys. And 
Um, so I, I think they've got better receivers. Maybe they had in the past They they lose Jake Ferguson at tight end, uh, which is a big blow, but they're, they're always going to have at least somebody at that position who can do things. Um, but it really comes down to Graham Mertz and he has the arm talent. He has the ability, but he hasn't been consistent ever since. And I've said this, I do a podcast with Wisconsin. Um, ever since he had that, that success against Illinois that day, I really think it was a detriment to his development. Uh, he did not face adversity before having success. And sometimes when you have success too early, um, it, it, it seems like it was probably too easy. And he, he probably thought in his head, I got this down and, you know, uh, maybe rested on the laurels a little bit, but he hasn't been able to develop into the quarterback that he showed the potential to be. He was fantastic in high school, great arm talent. Uh, but I think, you know, how successful Wisconsin is, uh, really is going to come down to two things. You know, how, how is Mertz developed? Uh, because as you see Wisconsin in the past, if they can't throw the ball and they're forced to run it every play and teams can stack the box, they give themselves a chance against Wisconsin. Uh, because, you know, if Wisconsin gets down now they play hard and, and, uh, you know, but it takes their advantage out of their hands and that's to outwill you out physical, you out hit you and wear you down throughout the game and control the game. And, um, so, you know, a team like Wisconsin, if somebody jumps on them early, and Mertz doesn't have the development that he should have by now. And the offensive line hasn't developed the way that it should have as far as, far as you know, the passing game goes. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's where they could really struggle. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how good Wisconsin's going to be this year, to be honest. Um, you know, the years in past when, I, when I've had questions, you know, they've, they've surprised me. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any givens in this conference. Big Ten West, there's a lot of parity. Uh, each team does different things well. Uh, you know, whether it is uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, um, you know, they all have their strengths. Uh, Wisconsin, maybe from top to bottom, without even doing a, a deep dive, I guess, at the roster, might be the most talented. Nebraska's, as far as talent goes, they're, you know, they're not bad right now, to be honest. Um, they were pretty good on offense and defense last year. They just always found a way to lose games somehow. And special teams was a big part of that. They brought in a new special teams coordinator who was an analyst year last year, Bill Bush. Um, and they've made that an emphasis. So, um, but Wisconsin, I, I, I don't think there's any guarantee. I mean, people see it as a foregone conclusion that they're automatically going to win it. I don't see that being the case. Uh, I could see whoever wins the big 10 West have two big 10 losses. You know, I, I do think there's a lot of parity. There's going to be upsets and there's no team. That's the absolute dominant member of this side of the conference. Yeah. I, th I think they're picking in Wisconsin because Wisconsin is the safe bet. I mean, yeah, maybe more than any other program in college football, they recruit to their system they go out and they do what they do. They're going to be Wisconsin and, and um, make you stop them, you know, with the big, big guys up front and the running game. Um, and and it's, it seems like they do a great job getting old and staying old. They, they, yep. recruit, they recruit guys. They're there for four or five years. You don't see a lot of guys leave. And uh, by the time they're upperclassmen, they're bigger and stronger than, than everybody else. They just kind of out physical, physical you. And there's another team similar to that, and that's Iowa. Uh, with Kirk Ferentz, does the same thing. You don't see a ton of kids leave. Uh, they don't recruit surefire NFL four-star, five-star kids, but they recruit kids that fit their system and they develop them. And um, kid, the big question I think is with Iowa is: Can Iowa score enough points to compete for the 
championship in the Big Ten West. The the defense, uh, personnel-wise, you look at who they got coming back and how well they played last year, they're going to be one of the better defenses in college football. Uh, but the the big question is, can they put enough put up enough points? And uh, if you can if you can find a way to score against them, you can beat them. But you know what what's your what's your thoughts on the Hawkeyes? And do they have a chance? Do you think to to take the division? Yeah, I mean they lost some pieces, um, lost a couple guys to the NFL. I think from their secondary, but they reload. They're pretty good. Um, they've done a really good job recruiting there and developing there of players who weren't like you said not necessarily high, high level recruits. Now that kind of changed this year when they signed the highest rated recruit that they ever have in Xavier Nwapa. Um, and he's a safety. And uh, so uh, he is a talent. He is a, a surefire NFL talent. If everything pans out and he stays healthy. And um, so, you know, you add that into the mix, you know, because like you said, uh, they're not necessarily a team that's going to have a bunch of five-star true freshmen coming in and, and lighten up the scoreboard. So, um, you know, to know that those are the type of players that they're replacing the guys that they've lost um, with, you know, that that's pretty impressive. They've got Jack Campbell back at linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the nation. Um, trying to think of who else. Uh, oh, running back. And, um, you know, uh, I, I can't remember. What was the running back? Do you remember his name? The running back they've had there for the past few years. Yeah, he's not was there Goodrich? anymore. But I don't remember. Was it Goodrich? I don't remember his. Yeah, yeah, that was Goodwin. Goodwin, Goodwin. Okay. Yeah. Um, he he moved on. He's. I don't believe he's there anymore. Yep. So they got a, a an impressive big back, Caleb. Uh, I believe it was Johnson, and he's a true freshman uh, that's a big physical bruiser, but can also run a little bit, and he can catch the ball a little bit. So I think that will add add a new dynamic to their offense. He's probably going to play right away. Um, they did lose two of their best receivers. Uh, and they both transferred to, uh, where did they go? Indiana, Purdue, Purdue. Purdue. Um, and so, uh, that, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Was it Charlie Jones and, uh, and the other little guy who was from, uh, Indianapolis originally. So they lose that. They got some good freshmen that came in. Um, but I think that's the biggest question as it always is, are they going to be able to score the points? The defense is going to be solid. Uh, they have the personnel they've coached them up. They've developed. So, uh, you know, they're going to be a physical team. They're going to be able to run the ball. But same, similar to Wisconsin is what happens if somebody does jump on, on them early? Um, are they going to be able to, to catch it up? And, uh, you know, they're going to have to protect the ball and really try to, you know, win with some shots over the top because they're going to have to have a strong run game. We know the offensive line is going to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, play action will be the key to their success. And if they have a player that can really stretch the field, special teams are going to be important. Um, you know, we know, we know Iowa is going to be a solid, uh, but for some reason with Iowa, you know, they're going to be some level of solid, but they might be spectacular or they might, you know, have an off year. And so, uh, I see Iowa, you know, definitely being a, a seven, eight, nine, ten uh, win team. If the offense can get clicking, uh, there's no telling, especially with being in the West, how good they could be. So, um, yeah, they're going to be a tough team. I think there's some unknowns there. Uh, with the receiver and the running back position, uh, but they're still going to be Iowa. They're going to play that brand of football, and uh, it's going to give them a chance to win. I think they're, they're over under every year on wins is probably 8.5 for like the last 25 straight years. It's it's the same team, and they're always they're always right in that neighborhood, you know, seven through nine wins. And 
uh, remarkably consistent. If anybody would come in and do that in Illinois, they'd build a really huge statue of him over no by the stadium. So and they also, and I think uh, that's what Coach guy, B is trying to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what one guy they also have there is uh, Riley Mo- Riley Moss, the corner, is a. He might be. He's a candidate for Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He's he's an All American type corner, and I don't know where they find these guys because I don't follow their recruiting. But they seem to they seem to always have a guy like that in in the secondary. He's a physical corner, really fast guy. Um, but yeah, the question is, can they score enough points? I think they have quarterback problems too. Was with, with Spencer Petrus? Not not sure. He's you know he just doesn't seem to have the it factor. He's got some talent, some arm talent, and good size. But the, the decision making is not always there. But um, I think that yeah, wraps it up. To see his development, you know, uh, veteran right. players sometimes, you know, they turn it on towards the end. It finally clicks for them. That the game slows down. They see the field. So um, you know, I'd rather be have a guy like him at, at the position than relying on a true freshman. So oh, no doubt. And if they, you know, and all all Big Ten quarterbacks are pretty good if you protect them. If they can just stand back there and pick out targets, so. That's a key. That's a key for him, um, but that about wraps it up with the Big Ten West, Clint. But, um, I look at Ohio State. I look at their their depth chart, their projected depth chart, and yeah. their roster. And I, I'm thinking they're going to be setting some records for points this year. Is is there anyone in the Big Ten that can slow them down? Are they going to get slowed down in, until they get to the college football playoffs? I mean, how good how good of an offense can that team be? The offense is going to be pretty insane. Uh, It's probably going to be on a level that we don't always see even out of Ohio State in the Big Ten. Um, That being said, actually, in my three-point stance today, I did uh, over-unders for the Big Ten East on wins, and their over-under is set at 11. And probably got some fans mad at me for this, but I picked the under. And not saying – I think the most likely outcome is they win 11 games being a push – But in the Big Ten, when you get the elements involved later in the year and the waste, I mean, they're college kids, you know, guys, girlfriend might break up with them one day. You know, you might have a fluke game, uh, you know, turnovers, uh, special teams, scaffs, whatever it is. um, It is really hard to have a perfect season in college football. And so that's the reason I took the under with them is because I think it is more likely that they lose a game than go undefeated. It is extremely hard. I don't care how good you are. It is extremely hard to go undefeated in college football. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, they do have the talent. Uh, they brought in a great new defensive coordinator from Oklahoma state. Uh, and really the stamp that he put, uh, on, on the team at, at, at Oklahoma state. And I got to see him play in person last year. Those guys run to the football. They play so hard. And if you're going to play in his defense, you're going to have to play hard. So you take the level of talent they have, and then you create that urgency and, uh, you know, attacking the ball because they weren't very good in the secondary, at least statistically, I don't think, last season. Um, so this is going to be one of the better teams we've seen from the Big Ten in years. Um, I think there's little doubt that they do go to the Big Ten championship. But like I said, there's always going to be that fluke game. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be injuries. Something's going to happen that's going to prevent them from going undefeated. Now, if any team in the Big Ten is going to go undefeated, it's going to be them. Uh, would I be surprised if they went undefeated in the regular season? Absolutely not. 
I just know how college kids are. I've coached the game. I, I know the ups and downs of college football, the pendulum swings. And uh, it's a very emotional game with pageantry and, and fans get involved and away games are hard. And um, so, uh, yeah, I, I see Ohio State doing big things this year. Uh, I went with the under and 11. I think they'll win 11, <laughs> make it a push. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's by far the team to beat in the Big Ten this season. Well, they're going to get tested right away because because there's a, a must-see game on September 3rd with, uh, at Notre Dame against Ohio State. And, that, yep. I mean, I, I forget what time Illinois plays that day, but it, if I'm in Memorial Stadium and the Ohio State-Notre Dame game comes on, I'm going to de- definitely going to have my headphones on watching the Irish and the, the Buckeyes. Uh, that, that's one of the games of the year. You know, if I'm a coach, I don't want to play that game on September 3rd. But, oh God, no! But uh, it's made for TV for sure. Made for the fans, and it's, it should no be a question. great game. Um, how, on the national side of things, Clint, what do you think? Um, college football playoffs. Do you have an idea who, who you might want to pick for that? You know what? I haven't really done a deep dive on it. Uh, obviously, Alabama's going to be right there. Georgia's going to be right there. Ohio State's going to be right there. Um, you know, we could see Clemson. I think maybe you know make a return to to being a little better and more dominant this year. Uh, you know, they have a favorable schedule as far as that goes. Uh, the West Coast, which really hasn't been a factor in the last few years, I think USC with Lincoln Riley there and the transfers that they've gotten. And, uh, you know, I think that we might see some fireworks from them this season. Uh, he's got his quarterback. He's got the receivers. And so uh, that'll be interesting to follow. Um, Oklahoma, I think, is a team to watch with Brent Venables there. I know they lost a lot, but they also brought in a lot from the transfer portal. Uh, and I know he's a passionate coach that has been very successful. Now, sometimes there's some bumps in the road, uh, so to speak, when it's a first year head coaching job and you've never really gone through the day to day that, but he's a player's coach. And, uh, you know, that's not a total rebuild. There is the talent there. I think they feel uh, as though uh, maybe they were done wrong when, when Riley left them as well. And so I think they could be a factor. Um, I'd be interested to see how Texas, Ole Miss, um, you know, the old uh, USC coordinators, <laughs> um, you know, fair. Uh, you never know what you're going to get out of Mississippi State with uh, uh, with Leach. Um, you know, Auburn, I think they're a team that has seen a lot of adversity. Uh, they were trying to get the head Carson out of there. Um, but, you know, I think they're a team that could surprise some people uh, in the Big Ten. I think, you know, you never know. Purdue, they're going to have a chance. They've got a great quarterback coming back who's, who's had some experience. You know, they don't have the talent across the board, uh, but he's going to put them in a position to win. Uh, they've, done, they've been gimmicky in the past. They've forced turnovers. Uh, they've pressured a lot. So I think they're a team to watch. Nebraska's got the talent. Um, I think Illinois is a team to watch, to be honest. Not on the national stage, but I, I really do. I think Illinois is going to surprise some people this year. And uh, yes, they're still a year or two away, but I think, I think they're a team that can at least compete in the big 10 West. Um, If they're in the big 10 East, I think it'd be a little harder, Uh, but I look for them to maybe do some things. Um, I'm trying to think of any other teams that have really stood out to me. Did you mention uh, Michigan state? Their offense is going to be pretty explosive at Michigan state. I know that the defense was kind of mediocre, but they returned a lot of players on offense seems like they're going to be able to put up a lot of points there. Yeah, they should be. Um, you know, it's crazy. I think their under over is only seven and a half. And I took the over on it. They don't have the most favorable schedule, if I remember correctly. 
Um, but you know, they got the quarterback coming back. He's a coach's kid. His dad's actually now the was the head coach at, uh, you know, the D three national champions and, uh, North central, but now he's up there as the offense coordinator at Western Michigan. So he grew up around the game. He's got all the tools, um, in, in Peyton Thorne, uh, they've got the receiver who also played at, at Naperville central, uh, in Illinois, who's, uh, you know, a heck of a return man as well. Their special teams are pretty good. Um, so yeah, I think they're a team to watch, you know, they went hard in the transfer portal last year and lost some key pieces because of that. And that's one of the things that you got to watch out when you do go to the transfer portal is you're constantly in the transfer portal to fix your losses from the previous year. So it'll be interesting to see how that works, but there's definitely an upward momentum in uh, East Lansing. There's no question about that. Tucker's done a great job. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a very successful season as well. Uh, and then, you know, Texas A&M uh, with all of that talent that they brought in and, uh, you know, freshmen are freshmen, but some of the five-star kids that they brought in are, are, are next level players that are going to make an impact right away as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's college football, anything can happen. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's crazy. I, you know, usually by now I would know the, the skinny on every team, but I've just been so focused on recruiting and, uh, really the big 10, uh, just as far as, you know, because regionally what I cover and, the majority of the players are going to Big Ten, Notre Dame, uh, as far as national recruits from the Midwest go. So um, I'll take a deeper dive in the next couple of weeks. I'll have a much better idea after the first two weeks of the season, I think. Um, and maybe we revisit this and everything that I said is completely wrong. But, uh, you know, uh, everybody, everybody's got a chance at this point of the year. So there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be surprises. And that's one of the beautiful things about college football. I would throw Utah into that mix too. Of all those, schools, oh, no question. all those schools that you mentioned, I mean, they gave they gave Ohio State everything they wanted in in the Rose Bowl. I think the final was like forty eight to forty five or something like that, and they got a good crop of players coming back. Last question yeah. for you, uh, Clint. Then we'll then I'll let you go. But uh, forced to pick between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, who you, who are you taking? Mm, dang, that's a hard one. Um. Man, I'm going to go with Stroud, I think. I'm going to go with Stroud. Um, not that Ohio State doesn't have pros all around them. I think you could probably look at their starting 22, and they're all NFL players. Um, but Alabama's kind of a different beast, and, you know, they've been doing that for years. They play in the South. And um, so I think, I think without doing a deep dive and, and breaking down the film and, you know, uh, talking to coaches and learning more about him, I, I would say I'd probably go with Stroud for now, especially because he's proven to capable of playing in the elements, which is a big part of not only college football, but if you're going to succeed at the next level. And so uh, I'll take I'll take Stroud as of today. If I'm an NFL um, general manager, it's, it's kind of a trick question because my guy's not one of those two guys. It, it's Will Anderson Jr. from from Alabama. I mean, the Lawrence Taylor of college football. Uh, I had him actually, I'm a Heisman voter. I had him third on my Heisman ballot last year. Really? I had, I had um, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and I had Will Anderson outside linebacker. And I, I think he's the best player in college football. And he's, he'll have a ton of sacks again and ton of tackles for loss. I, I love the kid. And if I was the, the Chicago bears, which will probably have the, the first pick in the NFL draft, <laughs> that that's the guy that I would want if I was picking, but um, thanks yeah, a lot. Definitely a Bears type player. Yes. Definitely a Bears type player. They no, always no. got those dudes. It's crazy. The one year uh, that I was really around the SEC a lot uh, when my dad was at LSU in 2019. So I made it to a bunch of games and 
geez, you watch those teams walk on the field and it's a, it's a different animal. <laughs> it's completely different. It's a completely different atmosphere too. And, you know, even teams that every year finish below 500 are selling out their stadiums no uh, question. In, in the South. So completely different football game. Okay. That oh, yeah. Sounds good. Clint. Well, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for coming on and uh, uh, giving us your take on the big 10 West and uh, look around college football uh, until next time. This is Doug Bouchon from orange and blue news. Thanks, Doug.